This is the I Work For Him podcast. To make sure you never miss a thing from I Work For Him, subscribe to our email list. Just head to our website at iworkforhim.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, click subscribe, and sign up. We'll send the very latest blogs and podcasts from I Work For Him so you never miss a beat. That's iworkforhim.com. This is producer Michael Marigle. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get to today's program. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon as we're live all over Tampa Bay, but broadcasting all over the internet on letstalkfaith.com and iHeartRadio and rebroadcast on Talk America Radio every day. Thanks for tuning in. And maybe you're listening to the podcast on Google Play Music, Stitcher, or iTunes. However you hear the show today, just know that we prayed that something that is said today will cause you to dig deeper into your faith and connecting what you hear on Sunday with what you do in your 9 to 5 because we all need to remember every day. Your workplace is it's your mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. The job that you hold, the place that you work, none of that is by chance. The people that you work with, they need to meet Jesus. And you may be their only chance. You know, I think Mark Twain said it best. Golf, it's a good walk, spoiled. But it depends. If you're a really good golfer... Maybe not, but I think Mark Twain, he hit it for me for sure. But is golf really a good walk spoiled? Is it really? What if you could take your love of the sport and turn it into an incredible mission field? Today, Mark Graham, local CBMC Leadership Institute chair, brings along with him today's CBMC Marketplace Ambassador Speaker, Wally Armstrong. Wally Armstrong's former PGA Tour professional, golf swing instructor extraordinaire, and excellent author, Mark Wally. Welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks, Jim. Glad to yeah, be here. Great to be here. It's a privilege to have you guys here. And, and Wally, I never thought I'd get to meet you, but I got to, I read your book so many years ago, and I've given away so many copies. I'm just grateful to spend a little FaceTime with you today. Before we get to your, spe- your speech today, Wally, and the things you talked about and the things on your heart, Mark, I want to make sure we talk about CBMC's Leadership Institute that you're involved in. I want to make sure people know, and we'll do this on both halves of the hour, I want people to know what CBMC's out there, uh, what they're offering out there. Well, first of all, a lot of people don't even know who CBMC is or what that stands for. Christian Businessmen's Connection. It's an 80-plus-year-old organization. got started in Chicago with a bunch of business guys during the Depression, and they were having serious problems. They got together and started praying, lifting each other up, helping each other, and the thing went, as we would say today, viral. So it spread across the nation. There's 30-some thousand people that are attached to CBMC in some fashion here in the United States and even more than that, uh, worldwide. 360 cities, I think they said nationwide, because I had Mark Whitaker and Bill McAvaney on a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And 87 years, thousands of mm-hmm. people involved. I mean, the impact has been great. I, I actually got my father-in-law to call in to the show when we had Mark Whitaker and Bill McAvaney on, because my father-in-law got involved in a CBMC group, which led him to Christ in the mid-70s. Wow. How about that? So that's part of my legacy uh, and, and part of Martha's legacy. And, and so it played a big, big role. I mean, that's a lot of years mm. ago in this small little town, you know, Moline, Illinois, but it really made a big impact. The Leadership Institute, is it just for men? Yes. Okay. And it's a monthly deal, roundtable discussion group for basically an afternoon, right? Uh, we meet from 1130 to four. Okay. So half a day. Once a month. All right. And it's basically made up of business owners. Uh, or people that run businesses, general manager type guys, but have responsibility, typically have employees, have all the issues that come with that. And our objective is help them become the leader God intended them to be. 
Mm, fantastic. Now, how can people find out more about the Leadership Institutes here in Tampa Bay? Well, they can call me at 813-625-6070. That's the easiest way. That's my cell phone. I'd be glad to get right back with them. Uh, we have a web presence, uh, ambassadors.com. Uh, that's right here in Tampa. Okay. Uh, Dan Schock is the area leader. So right. if you got info on Dan, you can reach him. He'll certainly get to me. Uh, I'm a bit of a subset of CBMC. It's a relatively new creation. So, so leadership institutes aren't going on across the country yet? Uh, well, there are leadership institute uh, beginnings because it's okay. only a couple of years old. Right. But we have a, a predecessor to that called Forums that's been going on for a long time. Okay. And there's a, there's a few hundred of those out right. there. So, but it's happening out there. And that's why whenever we're highlighting something here in Tampa Bay, I want to make sure people know, hey, this could be available in a town near you. Here's you can get involved. But if they go to cbmc.com, that's how they can find out about local groups near them, right? Yes. All right. And it is a group specifically designed for men. There is a an unrelated CBWC branch out of Cleveland and out of Tampa that's right. growing, and but it's got the same idea, but it's for women, and that's fantastic. But the Marketplace Ambassador event that you got to speak at today, Wally Armstrong, that's a group of men and women. It's business professionals from all over Tampa Bay. How much fun was that today, Mark, uh, Wally? No, it was it was fantastic. There were they filled the place out. Two hundred people. Two hundred uh, people. That's got to be the biggest lunch ever. Um, just a really great crowd and. I really enjoyed uh, being with them. Did you get anybody up front and get make fun of their golf swing at all? <laughs> well, I just didn't do that. I gave them a golf tip. Uh, we're starting out with a banana is one of my key tips. So, uh, so try golf. to demonstrate that on the air. Yeah, <laughs> how do you use a banana to help your golf swing? Is that, oh, I bet it has to do with your grip. Uh, no, no. no. Oh, what you boy. do is you just, you know, people, I can share you real quickly. They, when they address the ball and they look down at the ball, they tuck their chin in a lot of times. And then when they make their swing, their shoulder doesn't get back. So what you do is you peel a banana, stick it in your mouth, stick your chin up, and then you make swings so that your shoulder can go underneath your chin without breaking the banana. Wow. Um, but it'd be a green really banana a drill then. Because then if you do make the swings without breaking it, then you can have a little treat and bite off a piece and, you know, have a little dessert. Oh, there you go. All over the internet, there's there are Wally Armstrong videos talking about, I mean, the, the very unique things that you do. Yeah, I'm a home improvement guy. Yeah, the home improvement guy. Yeah, you, you used anything and everything yep. to teach people how to do a golf swing. How did that, how did God inspire you to do that? I mean, where did that come well, from? Well, I, I was at the University of Florida, and I had a chance to uh, do my graduate studies at the golf course. I was the uh, graduate uh, sponsor, was the pro at the club, Conrad Railing, and he was a big drill guy and creative guy. So I did all my research on how people learn how to play golf, and I found that it, they learn by association. They learn by other feelings. And uh, there's a great teacher named uh, uh, Harvey Pinnock that used to say, you know, if people pick up a golf club, they lose their common sense. Um <laughs> The, wow. the golf swing is so foreign and you give a club to somebody and they start thinking a hit and whack and chop and but if you give them a broom to swing uh they can feel that they can feel the motion of the of the the, the wind resistance right uh or you can use uh you know, i mean i use like about 200 home improvement tools and have done uh, tips on all of them 200 home improvement mm -hmm. tools. All right. We're talking today. <laughs> we're talking today with Wally Armstrong and Mark Graham from CBMC right here in Tampa Bay. Wally is a national speaker, a uh, a retired PGA Tour professional. He's a professional golf coach. 
and and you got to see his videos. If you really want to check him out, you can check him out online. It's wallyarmstrong.com. Yes, spelled just that way. And we're going to talk today about, we're going to talk about one of his books, which is The Mulligan. I want to talk about that because it's so incredible. What a great book. We'll talk about that right after the break. I want to just step back just a second, though. Mark Graham, as you and I worked on getting Wally here today, you know, we've gotten to know each other just a little, just a little. But we know that we talk about on iWorkRam how our workplace is our mission field and how no matter what our work is, our work matters to God. That our mission, that our mission field is our workplace, that we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. How does that I work for him message resonate with you as you are teaching those people in the Leadership Institute? Well, we, we keep as a foundation of the twofold purpose of CBMC, which is evangelism and discipleship. So as we're working through the issues with people, we're always trying to recenter them with the Lord. And we're trying to help them get outside of just their work so that they're sensitive toward what's going on around them and also the opportunities that may be provided to be evangelistic with their people and to help other people become disciples. Now, most people aren't prepared to disciple somebody. Uh, they don't think they can do it. Well, we all know that we can because we all have the ministry of reconciliation. Right? So we, we could all really disciple people. But CBMC has a program called Operation Timothy that they've been using for years and years and years that's designed just to do that. So we'll actually supply the guys, the Pauls, if you will, to become Timothy for some of their people. We also have the meetings like we had today. Well, the reason that room was full today was because business people know that's a safe place to take people they would like to get in front of others who love Jesus right. and get to know who Jesus is in that meeting. So we bring a pro in like Wally to speak to us. That's way different than trying to drag somebody to church. Oh, absolutely. So I can get people out to hear about the great golf pro that I know who's just a super guy with great stories. Come on out and hear him and get a few tips at the same time. They'll come here with Wally's message. So we're constantly looking for ways not to just, which is the main reason people join the groups is to improve their business, but we also want to improve their spiritual and personal lives. Wally, everybody out there listening, as we're talking to you today, they're like, okay, but how did a guy who wasn't really solid, I mean, you went to college, but you didn't, and you played golf in college, but you didn't go to college to become a pro golfer. How did God move you from something you weren't necessarily really planning on doing to, I mean, you were a pro golfer for, was it 11 or 13 years? You're on the PGA Tour. Yeah, about 11 years on the tour. But that's not what you plan on. So you, you went to the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. Go Gators. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Minnesota, so we're not really into <laughs> you know, college sports. Yeah. Okay, so talk to me about how the Lord, you have to live there in order to understand yeah. that. How did the Lord move you into being a pro golfer? Well, I, and I went to Florida on a golf scholarship. And then uh, uh, my senior year, I uh, went to a Christian athletes meeting. I just had never been uh, to church maybe a few times in my whole life. and had never really read the Bible and I went to a couple meetings, just inquisitive about it. I was involved in student legislature, athletic council, Letterman's Club. I was in the fraternity house. I was one of the fraternity drunks, but just searching kind of. And I just sat in the back of the room and, and didn't say anything for two meetings. But they knew I was an officer in some of these other organizations. And they, they said, how would you like to be an officer and help us? And I thought, well, hey, you know, secretary or treasurer, that'd be that'd fantastic. Well, then they called me, and that's when the rubber hit the road because they said, we have appointed you as our chaplain. Uh, now, I was the first chaplain that ever lived that didn't have a prayer. I mean, I, I went to church <laughs> for the first time. I got a Bible, and I had to give this talk. 
this devotional. I'm trapped. I have no idea what I'm going to say. And we had a guest speaker named Andrew Crenshaw, who was a law student, a Congressman Crenshaw now. He just retired from the House of Representatives in Washington. But he came in and shared about Jesus. And he shared it in a way that God's given us a second chance. He's given us his son, you know, to uh, to live a life that we couldn't live, that God required, and to die on the cross for our sins. And uh, and then that's that opens the gate for us to experience eternal life. Now, in the Mulligan book, the beautiful thing for the golfer is we talk about that, you know, we're all going to face God, the scriptures say. But in, in essence, in golf, we're going to have to present to him a perfect scorecard. In other words, we're going to have to birdie every hole we've ever played. Well, that's impossible. And the corporate man talks to the old pro about it, and he says, yeah, but what if somebody could come and play a perfect round, birdie every hole they've ever played, and then give you their scorecard for your imperfect scorecard? And in essence, that's what happened on the cross. Sure. Jesus offers us his perfect scorecard for our imperfect one, and I call it the swap. And it does say in the scriptures that he takes a certificate of death our scorecard with all those bogeys and double bogeys, and he nails it to the cross, and then he gives us a new scorecard. But when you open it up, it's blank because there's no scoring anymore. It's all grace. Grace is the ultimate mulligan. See, if there was a if there was a golf song, it would be uh, amazing mulligan. How sweet the sound that saved a hacker like me. <laughs> that's right. So that's uh, the essence of the gospel. So tell me. So the Lord moved you to the PGA Tour, mm-hmm. and you realized very quickly in that God brought you there for ministry. Well, it, you know, it really happened to me because I, I, I was getting my graduate degree because I wanted to be a golf coach, and then I ended up caddying on the tour for Gary Plyer. Uh, and uh, through some circumstances, uh, he encouraged me to try the tour, saying, well, if you really want to help young people and you can get out on the tour, um, you really need to go for that. And it was through his encouragement that I began to work on my game uh, and practice and then I missed the tour school uh, two times. You know, they, it's a tough, tough thing. They I start imagine. with maybe five or 6,000, and they go to 24. And I finally made it the third time. And, uh, and then uh, I'd always felt like my mission in life is to use golf as a tool to reach men and women uh, with the gospel, with God's love. And so when I got on the tour, they had originally started a Bible study on the tour back in 63 and I was this was 73 and it dwindled down to one other player so we began to pray together and our wives got together and uh, within seven years we had 20 or 30 players uh, coming uh, to the studies uh, we saw golfers like uh, Scott Simpson who won the US Open uh, Bernard Longer saw Bernard Longer come to Christ Larry Nelson was the first player that we saw come to Christ uh, who is a, who is a uh, you know, a Hall of Famer. And so uh, that was the real thrill was being able to go out into the marketplace to play golf with these guys, but then to be able to uh, come alongside of them and ask them to the Bible study. And then uh, as they uh, made decisions to follow Christ, we had a family that they could they could go to. The wives, you know, started a lady study. Uh, we would play golf and practice together and encourage each other. We'd go on vacations together. So we really built... Uh, this community of believers. You became a pastor on the tour. <laughs> well, we really did. Weren't say, you shepherding those guys? Yes, we're yeah. all. So that's, uh, that's we're all you were a pastor that, on the you know? tour. Hey, we're talking with Wally Armstrong today. Check him out on his website, WallyMadeGolf.com. WallyMadeGolf.com or on Facebook, WallyMadeGolf. 
Does your mission field involve greens and fairways and beautiful sand traps? How about that for a mission field? We're talking today with Wally Armstrong, retired PGA Tour golfer. He's a golf pro. He trains people. And he does it in such an unusual way. You have to go out to his website, wallymadegolf.com. Wallymadegolf.com. You have got to check it out. He uses, what did you say, 200 different non-golf things in order to teach people how to play golf. Homemade. Can you teach anybody how to play golf if they're willing? Absolutely. It's not that hard. Oh, yeah. Says the guy that was a PGA Tour professional. It it, just started the right way. Hitting a little white ball 300 yards to fit into a hole that's four inches across (laughs) is very difficult. And it involves extraordinary amount of frustration and so much concentration. Oh, it's funny. When I'm on the golf course, my buddies give me a hard time. They said, Jim, your ADD comes out when you're on the golf course because I lose Mm -hmm. concentration between my backswing and my forward swing. It's just, it's just tough. All right, but who brought Mar- who brought Wally Armstrong in here? How about, how about none other than Mark Graham from CBMC? Mark Graham, he runs the Leadership Institute here in Tampa Bay, and there's Leadership Institutes starting all across the country with CBMC, and the follow up in the in the stamping of the forum. Mark, talk about you've known Wally a while, right? Uh, well, I, we've probably known each other about six years yeah. now. That's a long time. So, yeah. so what's the what is the greatest story you've heard about Wally Armstrong that he's probably not going to share today? The greatest what? The greatest story that you that you know. Oh my goodness, he's got so many of them. <laughs> uh, well, pr- probably the one with the uh, the ice cube is my favorite. Oh, we got to hear the ice cube story. Okay. But while you, get, I'll write it down. We'll have Wally tell the story. All right. All right. Talk about these leadership this leadership institute that you're doing here in Tampa Bay. Because I want to inspire people to do this kind of thing across the country. Because the discipleship you're doing there is critical. Well, first thing, I don't want people to be overwhelmed with that it's too fancy or too big of a deal because we call it an institute or the leadership institute. It's really like the forum we spoke of earlier. It's an opportunity for businessmen. And and we're not discriminating against women. It's just that we found that men will be more open amongst other men. I think we can all agree that the atmosphere changes when when a woman enters the room with a bunch of guys in it. So the objective is to get. I think a, that was God's idea. Yeah, I think He worked it out that way. It's been working out. She messed good. it up. Yeah. Oh well, that's another story. That is another <laughs> show, another topic for another day. And we've all lived through that one. So uh, anyway, uh, so we we create opportunities for men who are Christians that are in business. Uh, they're typically business owners or they run businesses like a GM type of guy or, um, and some of them are even just startups, but they got business experience and they've got responsibilities and they're, they're struggling with balancing their personal life and their business life and their spiritual life. So we played all three of those. So it's not just an issue of, I want to grow my business. I want to double my revenue or I mean, I need to increase the bottom line, those kinds of things, which we, we want to help them do that because it's a form where we all pour into each other, not with advice, but with life experiences. So we don't own it when we give them the wrong advice, right? Right. <laughs> this way, men can be amongst other men. Sure. It takes a while. I mean, you just don't. Yeah, trust takes a while to build. Yeah, it takes a while. But, uh, you know, we've got a, we've got some groups that these guys can't wait to get back together. And I've heard about it on the street. I mean, I'm hearing it from guys, different guys that are involved, multiples of them, and they're talking about how powerful it is. And anytime I can find a ministry that is investing in the lives of men to live the lives that Christ has called them to, starting from, hey, I'm going to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And love your wife like Christ loved the church. Those are things 
all of those have got to be more important than what you're doing in the workplace. Because if what's screwed up at home, it's going to be screwed up at work. But you're you're dealing with the whole man, yeah. and we need more men to be Christ-centered in the marketplace. I was yeah, I was part of a secular uh, type of group that we're in now, and we did have women in it, and it was a different conversation. Uh, we weren't allowed to talk about spiritual things. We weren't allowed to talk about politics. So, well, that I can understand, but yeah, yeah but but or wait. Yeah, <laughs> but but it wasn't. Bali. It, it did, and it was good from a mechanical standpoint about building my business. And it sure, was, it was good for me. It's a good time in my life. But this is a whole different. The Leadership whole different, Institute brings it to a whole, whole different, yeah, a whole different level. Right. Check out Mark Graham and the Leadership Institute on CBMC Tampa Bay's website or Marketplace Ambassadors website, or you could call Mark Graham, right, at eight one three six two five six zero seven zero. 813-625-6070. Find out more about the Leadership Institute. If you're a business owner or business leader, this would be a place for you to go, guaranteed to impact your life. And Mark, I do appreciate you bringing Wally Armstrong with you yeah. today. Wally, I, I, as a former PGA professional, you know you had an opportunity to write a book with Ken Blanchard. Right after, that was pretty soon after he became a Christ follower, wasn't it? Yeah. It was within a decade mm-hmm. of when he mm-hmm. came... That being paired up with that name, I know helped your book get out there. I'm surprised it's only sold 60,000 copies because for me, this should have been a 6 million mm-hmm. bookseller and maybe it will still be. You never know. This book could be around long past you. Talk about The Mulligan because this is a book that you wrote that explains the gospel for golfers in a way that only a golfer could really understand. Well, it really does. And uh, just to give you one example, um, I was out in uh, California doing an outing. San Francisco went to a, a new Canaan society, which is a, a men's uh, group. And um, a, a Japanese gentleman came up and he says, uh, I'm a good friend of Ken Blanchard. And I read the Mulligan book and told Ken it was so great. And Ken says, well, why don't you translate it into Japanese? Oh, fantastic. So this man uh, translated it into Japanese. It's published in Japan. It's on its second printing, 5,000. Um, because golfers in Japan are, are crazy golfers. Well, and there have to be, you have to be wicked rich in order to be able to yeah. golf in Japan. So here's the great story is when it came out, this pastor from Japan decided to have a little golf outing, and he gave some of the Japanese books out. Two men whose wives were a member of the church, two men within a couple weeks came to the pastor and said they wanted to be baptized. Now, see, they... They got it because of the analogy in there, the, because of the parables that we use in there. So the golfer is going to really catch it, like the scorecard example oh, yeah. I gave you. Um, and they'll understand the gospel because they can associate with it because it, it, it's in their language that they can yeah, they understand. understand. So when a golfer reads the mulligan, decides to commit their lives to Christ, when they get baptized, do they get baptized in the water hazard? That's probably right. I don't know. No, why not? I mean, uh, come on. Swimming I mean, that's pools I mean, around golf courses. No, not swimming. the swimming pool's too clean. A water hazard, much more like the Jordan River. <laughs> much more like the Jordan. No, I was asking a serious question. I mean, come, yeah. I, I'm glad I brought last. I would. No, that I was maybe, that was my attempt you know, at seriousness. Golf was riding in a golf cart and he came to Christ. And, you yeah, know, come on, just, just baptize just, me in the. That's right. Hey, can water I be hazard. baptized right here? Here's water. <laughs> play 18, have a little service. Think about that's it. right. Come on, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I just know. make sure you take a shower afterwards. Okay, <laughs> you had this. You had you, you had a lot of fun on the tour. You had a lot of fun leading Bible studies on the tour. Mm-hmm. You led some. You led some golfers to Christ, and that was signif- very significant. You got a, you know a, a trail of people behind you that know Christ because of your witness. But then God moved you to in a place that your ministry exponentially grew. Talk about that. 
Well, it, it came out of the uh, the Mulligan book that started just going around, and uh, men and women were coming to Christ and giving the books out. It's still kind of growing, but my major project now is to tr- to create a kids program for churches uh, where kids can discover Jesus through. This, uh, I've created two mobile games. One of them has turned into an international game with tennis balls and plastic clubs, and it's in thousands of schools. It's being used by 8,000 country clubs uh, to teach kids the basics of golf. And the whole thing here is to, is to get this equipment out to the churches so that the churches set it up, a little course, and the parents and the grandparents run it, and then the neighborhood kids will want to come and play, and then we'll have a little training for them. So it's totally safe and fun. And uh, so we're just putting that package together because when I think of the 350,000 churches in America, I think of 350,000 church golf courses that we can build uh, through this simple game. Um, And and really, you've uh, used training. You've used mm -hmm. training in golf to teach people about Christ. I mean, how many many people have you sat one-on-one with teaching them uh, as a golf pro, as a golf Mm -hmm. teacher? How many people have you sat with? Do you have any idea? I don't know. Thousands. thousands, thousands of people. But see, the game of golf has to be caught, not taught. You have to go and play to learn the game. And our whole system is you you play and learn. You play, learn, play to learn. And that's the way it is with, with Jesus. See, you don't want to throw him at, right at people. They have to catch him. They have to catch him as they see your life, as your life changes, as you become a friend. You know, Jesus, the reason the disciples followed Jesus is he was a true friend. It was his friendship that changed their life. Remember, you know, after he's gone, Absolutely. people said, "Well, what about what about these disciples? What, what was what was the thing about them?" And they said they had been with Jesus. See, they were his friend. They didn't have all these Bible studies and scriptural things, and you know, they just hung out with him, and his friendship transformed them. And uh, and that's of course why I wrote the uh, second book, Practicing the Presence of Jesus, which is all about the friendship of Christ. It's the second step. The Mulligan book gets people into a relationship with Jesus to learn to play. We call it the course less played. And once you meet Jesus, when you set up on that first tee and you decide to suit up with Jesus, as Ken says, and you accept him as the Savior and Lord, then he comes beside you, picks up your baggage, and he wants you to go play the course less played. And you have a choice every day. And most of us don't have the privilege of having a nine to five job that involves hitting a little white ball down a fairway. But we have a guy today whose workplace that he treated like a mission field. We got Wally Armstrong, retired PGA Tour professional, pro golf trainer. He's He's got an incredible passion for the gospel and used his mission field, the golf course. He, he used it for Christ. So, And who brought him in here today? Mark Graham from CBMC right here, leading the Leadership Institutes right here in Tampa Bay. If you want to find out more about CBMC, check them out online, cbmc.com. Wally, we promised our listeners the Ice Cube story. I think you better tell that story. Well, this was uh, this occurred uh, when I was leading the Western Open. Uh, I was tied with Johnny Miller and Tom Watson. Uh, I had a chance to win wow. my first tournament. We're pl- I'm playing on national TV in the last group, and I'm one shot behind coming into the 15th hole, which is voted by the players the toughest par five on the tour. Because you have to hit out straight out with a driver to get it around the corner. They, they call it a dog leg. And basically it slopes around there. It had a big slope on it like the Daytona 500 turn. And that year they had a drought. And you could drop the ball anywhere in the center of the fairway or anywhere on that uh, slope. And it would run right down and into these bushes all down 
to mm. the right. So when I hit my drive, I saw that it was going to catch that slope and, and, and go into the bushes. And I thought, boy, there's my chance is gone. And when I walked up over this ridge and looked out in the fairway, my ball was on the slope. It was just like it was stuck on there. And I couldn't believe it. And so I walked up. I got about five feet away, Jim, and I looked down, and my ball had rolled down on that hard pan, on that slope, and it was resting and being held up by a tiny little melting ice cube in the fairway. Oh, it was a no. 100 degrees <laughs> in Chicago, and my ball's being held up by an ice cube. Uh, couldn't believe it. So it was a great victory there. I thank the Lord for it. But the problem was I had to wait for the other guys to hit first, and that thing was melting. So I got my shadow over the ball to keep it cool and <laughs> jumped in, got the ball out of there. And, uh, you know, and, and it was one of those years where Watson chipped in and, and won the tournament. Uh, but uh, that's a great adventure of walking with Christ is you just never know. It's a life of surprises uh, because you know that he's always there and he always wants the very best for you. Whatever happens in your life. And he used your success, your fun that you were having on the tour to lead a lot of people to Christ. How many incredible conversations did you have with caddies? I mean, you talk about, hey, you had influence over P- other PGA professionals. What about the caddies? Because you had, you know, you had, did you, oh, have yeah. a, only, did you have only one caddy? Did you have a caddy? That... I had different caddies. Back then you could use high school kids. And I mean, I, I shared the story uh, with some friends today. I had one, uh, one uh, caddy from uh, Palm Springs, his dad was a friend and he said, boy, my son would love to caddy for you if, if, if you could give him a chance. He's, you know, kind of coming out of drug rehab. And so I had this young kid caddying for me at Palm Springs and I was sharing Jesus with him in the Bible. And, and, and on the third hole of the tournament, my driver shaft breaks and the club heads flying down and my ball goes in the trees and I'm trying to be cool, you know, around this kid. Cause I've been sharing Jesus with him, you know, and, but he can tell I am really upset because I've got to play the rest of the round without my driver. And so I'm leaning over a putt, putting for a like a double bogey. And he comes up and taps me on the shoulder, and I look up at him and he goes, it's okay, Mr. Armstrong, you're still going to heaven. <laughs> so, Good. It kind of puts everything into perspective, because the worst thing that can ever happen is you die and you go to heaven, I guess. Uh, so did, you didn't have duct tape in the bag to put the driver back together? <laughs> no. Oh, well, that would have been a good scene. I bet for after you probably yeah. would. Anyway. How many driver shafts break? Okay, so that the ice cube story. Love that. Okay, you got a chance today to speak at the Marketplace Ambassadors mm-hmm. event, which is once a quarter here in Tampa Bay for people, men and women who are involved in business, really involved in just about anything here in Tampa Bay. You're welcome to come and, and hear their professional speaker, enjoy a lunch, do some networking. It's really a great place to meet other Christ followers who are in and around the business community Mm -hmm. in Tampa Bay. I don't know if there's Marketplace Ambassador events in other cities. Are there yet? Uh, Either there's one similar to it or might carry a different name to it. We call ours Marketplace Ambassadors. And by the way, our next one is November the 9th. November the 9th. It's it's a powerful place to be. I didn't get a chance to go this time because there's multiple events happening in Tampa Bay today. You made a comment that impacted people today. You're not that good to be that mad. Give us, give us a context on that. Well, this is the, the corporate man in the book. Uh, he's a, a, a real a domineering guy. You know, he's, he's a millionaire. He's never given a mulligan or taken one, and he's all over the place. He's playing in a pro-am with Davis Love III up in Asheville. And, um, and he gets the ball up about uh, uh, four feet for a net eagle, lines it up, and then leaves the putt short. And then he breaks his putter, blows him blows up and uh davis love comes over and says paul you're really not that good to get that mad and so that is really the turning point in the book where he directs 
this corporate man that's lost his cool, that needs it desperately, needs a second chance in his life. Um, he sends him to the old pro, Willie Dunn, and uh, and Willie becomes a dad that he never had. He becomes a, a friend. Uh, the, the his young the story uh, as he relates to the pro. He asks him about his life. He draws his story out. He he really is a perfect way to approach people and disciple them. He's a perfect model because he doesn't jump right in. You know, he does say, you know, if and if you're really going to have your mission in life, Paul, you know, or you really want to find your purpose, then you really need to have the ultimate mulligan. And, and the corporate guy goes, well, what's the ultimate mulligan? He says, it's not a what. It's a who. It's a person. It's Jesus. And he says, well, I don't want to get into this Jesus stuff. I, I want to get my golf game help. <laughs> um, but uh, he says it's a relationship. And it's not religious. It's walking with Christ as your friend and companion. While he's talking about the story that's inside the book, The Mulligan, that he wrote alongside Ken Blanchard, we've got a copy of that to give away today, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673, or email me, jim at iworkforhim.com. Michael, could you take a phone call yet? I know we're getting close to the end of the show, but are you okay with that? Absolutely. All right, so call Michael. Get a copy of The Mulligan, and we might even throw in Practicing the Presence of Jesus, 877-943-9673. You do teaching. For train you, mm-hmm. for 20 years, you were tra- training people. For 30, you're still training people how to, how to do golf. <laughs> yeah. What's the craziest thing you've used, tool of some sort, I don't know how to call it, object that you've used to teach people how to, pl- how to play golf well, effectively? Well, you know, I used a banana today. Okay, uh, we already heard that, that once. What, 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 I, I is that the craziest a, thing? Uh, probably a toilet float. Uh, a toilet a float. A toilet float uh, is, is a thing I use for chipping and for putting. Uh, you know, you take it out and you stick it in the end of the shaft and you put the little ball kind of in the middle of your stomach and then you putt your arms back and forth. Um and uh, but I really like to get people out and, and and the thing I'm really working on now is just one-on-one teaching. So uh, because you know you can conceal a lot when you're on a driving range. I'm not a driving range teacher. I want to teach people how to play the game. Right. And so I have a couple courses in Orlando lined up that I can take people out for a half a day or a day, one-on-one just with me or maybe a husband and a wife or or three guys. They want to come down and spend a day, but really teach them how to play the game because. Most people have never really had anyone take them out on a course and show them how to play and how to apply what they've got to playing the game and enjoying the game. So uh, that's the way I see uh, God using me. And it becomes a great way to just spend one-on-one time with people for half a day or a day. So be able to uh, share the gospel at the same time. They can go to my website at wallymadegolf.com and get some information. And uh, um, I really love doing that and that's how why i won a lot of pro-ams on the tour because i could coach these guys and, and get them out of all those mechanics kind of like the corporate guy in the mulligan book and and give them some simple analogies to uh, to get their game on track and uh, won a lot of pro-ams coaching guys uh, on the course playing you know as you've led a busy life you how with with all the traveling on the tour, because you're every weekend you're playing somewhere else. How did you keep your marriage fresh? I didn't read to see if you had any. Well, you did have. You have kids. How many kids did you have? Uh, three. And how many grandkids do you have now? Uh, seven. How awesome! How seven. did you keep your marriage and your family intact while you're doing all that traveling? I mean, how, what well, did you do intentionally to keep it good? Back back when we were on the tour, as you drove everywhere, you didn't you didn't fly anywhere except out to the west coast or back to the east from the. So we had a big maxi van, big Dodge maxi van, and all the, the the guys in the Bible study, you know, we all traveled together. It was like a caravan. 
And really? we'd all go stay at Hojo's, and the kids would all play out That was the Howard Johnson's, for those of you that aren't old. We'd go to have the kids' birthday parties. Uh, the wives were all getting together with the kids. So it was really a family, and, uh, and that really sustained us because we had people that really support us. And one of the great things that happened is, and unfortunately, my wife, uh, her parents were killed in the plane crash, mm. uh, probably the, the largest plane crash in history. 500 people died. And uh, we were just leaving Hilton Head when we heard about the plane going down. Her parents were going to Europe on a, on a cruise. And, was this plane uh, crashes in Dallas? It was in Tenerife in, outside mm. of uh, Portugal. Oh. All right. But when we heard about that, we decided we we're going to go right to, Green, right to Greensboro because that's, that's our family. And they just loved on us. And it was a great experience just to have that community. Wally Armstrong, Mark Graham, thanks so much for being on I Work for him today. I really appreciate you sharing your stories. Thank you, Jim. It was a lot Thank of fun. You, Jim. It was a lot of fun. Hey, so make sure you check out Wally online. WallyMadeGolf.com. You want to learn how to play good golf, that's a place you got to go. You want to hear some of his stories, get a copy of his book, The Mulligan and Practicing the Presence of Jesus. Yes, you can use golf for ministry. <laughs> Wally has proved it. The Mulligan is a tool you have to have in your bag if you're going to play golf. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field. But ultimately... Mm-hmm. I work for him.